0: Welcome to the Cindy Rushton Show, encouraging, empowering, and equipping as you step into your calling and life purpose. Here is your hostess, Cindy Rushton. Hello, sweet friends. I'm so excited to be digging into another show. And I hope you've had an amazing week. I hope that this has been one of your most productive weeks. And I'm so excited that we are going to be able to dig into the topic that I have planned for you today. Well, I have to tell you, first of all, that the topic today is completely impromptu. I have no notes. Uh, does that scare you? Please don't don't let it scare you. I have no notes. I have nothing but some things that God has been sharing with me this past week and a little bit of a story of my week, because here's the deal. I have been talking with several of my close friends and even people that I've seen around and stuff, and I think so many of us are going through the same stuff that I just believe that this is supposed to be something we're supposed to talk about today. Yeah, you probably saw the topic, (laughs) Um, and (laughs) You probably said, whoa, I wonder where she's going with this. Well, here's the deal. The past couple weeks, I have been incredibly, incredibly sick. I um had some very strange symptoms start to come up and felt like that I was, um, and felt like I was having some heart issues. And of course, that's been something that several of my beloved family members I've Um, have had issues with several different things so my mind was going wild about what was really going on and it was just terrifying me and so you probably know the end of this little story I ended up two days in the hospital with them doing tests on everything you could ever imagine Um, the good news is it wasn't my heart It wasn't a blockage in my heart. My father had had an aortic dissection and it wasn't that. It was not any of those things. It ended up, I've got a nodule on my thyroid and I'm low in vitamin D, potassium and magnesium and all of those things um, can cause like the, the chest like the racing of my, my pulse and the chest pain and all of that good stuff. So in other words, I was pretty sick, but I was not that sick. And so thank goodness we had good news and we have an action plan that we can go forward. But in the middle of that, here's the deal. I had a lot of hours of just laying there waiting on this test and that test and this test and that test. And for those of you that have been following me long enough, you probably know that I am a planner. I am a person that get get this. I help people make plans. I help I, I coach people who are not clear in where they need to go, helping them find the way. So here I am struggling with the very things that I would say are my strengths at being able to see and being being able to have a clear vision. And I I was finding myself with all these mounds and mounds of amazing ideas and finding myself not taking action or or taking action but then wondering was that really the right idea blah 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 you know what I'm saying have you been there I mean man if you're still listening now I know that you've been there <laughs> because this is this is exactly where several of my friends have been saying this is exactly where they are exactly the struggles that they are having too As I was laying there, though, I was thinking back over so many of the things that I've heard God say about planning through the years, or that I've heard him say about how he does things and how to hear his voice and how to be sure we hear his voice. And one of the things that I remembered is that, you know what, if we don't know what our next is, we're not clear on which way to go. We're standing there going, what, what, where, how, how do we do this? What do we do? then one of the best things to do is to just think back to the last thing we were told to do. To, to go back to that, that place where we were clear and, and see, hey, did we do that? Or do we need to go, you know, is there something that's still needing to be done with that? And really get clarity. So here's what happened with me. I was in the hospital getting all these tests. And then this time with God, he brings me back to this place of saying, Cindy, is there something you were supposed to do that you haven't done? And and I immediately, I thought, okay, first of all, if I had really done some of the things I know I was supposed to be doing, I probably would not have been in the hospital for that particular moment. Of course, you know, we forgive ourselves. We Step in and we do the next thing. This is not a condemnation thing, but here's the thing with me. My topic that I'd still not written a book on was one I was given eight years ago. Now, granted, let me just say that this has kind of got a little bit of a story with it. But that that particular project, it didn't, I couldn't really write that immediately when it was given to me. It was one that I believe has had to be lived out. And I actually believe that what I just went through was part of the book, if that makes sense. And some of the things that have been going on this past week are part of the book, if that makes sense. And I think it does, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you what the book is. I remember years ago, one of my friends called me on my commute to work one day and she said, Hey, what are you doing for lunch? And I I told her that that day I actually had a two hour lunch break at work. And so we made plans to meet for lunch. And she said, I have got something to tell you. You're not going to believe this. It's so, so good. So we meet and she's literally jumping out of her skin at the moment (laughs) to tell me something. We're standing in line. And she says, Cindy, this morning at four o'clock, God woke me up and he gave me the name of your next book. And I said, I've written 150 books. You don't think he could tell me the name of the next book? I'm, I'm pretty good at titling things. She said, no, not this one. You would never believe it if I didn't tell you. She said, I believe he wants you to hear it from someone else. And she said, the name of the next book is called Finding Me. When she said that, my immediate reaction was, uh, no. No way, I don't think so. Because it just sounded so narcissistic, you know, to write a book on finding me. But then about the moment that that idea, that that resistance jumped up, about that same moment, I heard the Lord say, Lessons for the Lost Person. And I knew that was going to be one of my upcoming books. Finding me lessons for the lost person, right? The next, in the course of the next day, God literally was downloading all kinds of chapters to put in the book. And I was almost thinking he was going to make me write it right then, you know, because it was kind of like getting such clarity on the book. And even some parts of it were jumping off and becoming a second book and a third book and a fourth book. Oh, yeah. So I knew, okay, I know the symptoms of some of this. That's how I wrote 150 books, you guys. God would give me batches of books is what he would do. And this was a book that I just felt was going to be going very, very deep with me because it was going into the real roots of my, my struggles, the real roots of where I had not giving some things to God, some areas that I was not giving him access to, to bring healing and help me to grow in those areas. And he was in the process, of course, during that time of taking me through a lot of inner healing and deliverance. And, uh, and of course I was in school and a lot of the classes that I've had in school have been classes where, like for example, family therapy one of the things that was a focus in that class, part besides the fact of us doing all the research and writing we were doing, some of the research and writing that we were doing was called Help the Helper. And so there was a lot of things that God was doing in these last eight years to bring me healing. But here's the thing. and in, in the hospital the other day, I was, brain, you know, again, brainstorming because all I had was my brain, <laughs> you know, with me in some of the tests because of all the things they were doing, diet tests and um, ultrasounds and all that stuff. And um, as I was thinking, I heard the Lord say, Cindy, it's time. It's time for that book. The reason you haven't had clarity is because you haven't gone back to all the plans I gave you. The plans that I've given you in the past or it's time for some of those things to be birthed. In fact, I even put a question on my social media. I said, okay, you guys, if you could ask me anything or you could ask me to write a new book or do a new teaching, what would be the things that you would want for me to do? And do you know what? Some of the other topics... Um, like spiritual warfare, that came out. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I need to do that for my YouTube, do a live series with um, that topic. And so you will be seeing me do some of those things coming up. But here's the thing. Finding me, Lessons for the Lost Person, it began to, I mean, literally, I could see it coming out and being birthed. I could see that it was time that it had been... In the womb long enough and as I was talking to so many people while I was in the hospital their struggles were crying out for that message and something happened in me I knew it is time for that now why am I telling you this it's because in my heart I believe some of you are Maybe going through some of the moments where you're not knowing what your message is going to be. You're not knowing what your next step is even going to be. And boy, I get that like I have never got that. That's exactly what got me in that hospital the other day. The thinking and the worrying and the fretting and the, you know, doing everything but that and working myself to a frenzy. What if it were just easy? What if it were so simple that you could hear God say, Do this, and you would be confident knowing that that leadership is spot on and it's exactly what others need to hear from you? My sweet friend, you can. You can. Now, I believe in market research. I believe in polls and questions and things like that. But you know what I got to thinking about? I got to thinking about in the past when I wrote all those books and had great success, had huge ministry, huge business. I got to thinking about how they were always spot on. And I've taught this, but it's been a long time since I've taught this. That's why I said, okay, I'm not worrying about the topics, you know, like, points, and all that. Today's just a chat over coffee or tea. And the reason is because I got to thinking about that my greatest market research was never in the market. Yeah, it's good to do that. And I do market research. I just want you guys to hear me on this. But in this, God began to show me That one of my secrets for success, and I've written this, I've told this to you guys through the years. I don't know if you guys, if you have heard this because it could be in some of the older things. But one of the things I've noticed about our messages is that there's two things. Uh, Many times we live out... The very message, because we get to experience things, we get to feel the pain, we get to experience the struggle, and we get to also experience God coming through for us and him showing us the way, him bringing us victory. And we then have a huge message out of our mess. You know, they say um, that your mess will become your message. Your test will become your testimony, your your. Your struggle will become your strength. Uh, your, your pain will become your prosperity. Yes, 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 yes. But here's what I can tell you. Many times the people that are going to need it are coming behind you with the, with the thing that you've gone through. And in order for you to live your experience, for you to get around to, to get go through the process whether it's grief or whether it's growth whatever it is to get to the other side where you are living victoriously it takes us going through that process and it's during that time that I believe some of our greatest messages are birthed and then those that come behind us can be blessed by it. They can learn from it. They can see the pathway much more clearly because we share with them. We open it up. The fun thing is that God brings healing as we let others hear our testimony. But then also, it's not just our healing. Guess what? It's a testimony and it brings healing to those that hear it as well. So let me just bring this back around some of us, I believe, have been falling prey to the world's ideas of how to build a business or how to build a ministry. And this week, I just feel like God is saying, slow down. I have a design. You don't ever have to wonder if you're going to have the right topic or the right thing to say. I, if you will hear me, if you will hear what I have to say, if you will learn from me, I make it easy. Do you know what I'm saying here, you guys? Remember Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30? Remember it says to come to him and to learn from him, that, that as you do, when you're yoked up with him and you're learning from him, he's going to show you the easy way, right? I love that passage in so, so many versions. But here's what really rang with me this week. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, and it's in the Passion Version. Listen to it. It says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Is anybody going, yes, 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 yes? I mean, I'm thinking that. And I'm thinking about the things that we talked about last week. That, that God, he has a destiny for us. He has a plan for us. And it's not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing. No. It is comfortable, easy, It is a delight for us. You know what? To me, I get a lot of delight whenever I can share things that are just straight off of my heart. Yet, you know what? So many times I'll talk myself out of some of those because they're not planned out. That's exactly why I said today up front, hey, this is a podcast. I don't have notes in front of me. (laughs) Be aware. But you know what? I know God wants me to share What is fresh on my heart? What I'm getting from him? Because here's the thing. I believe that one of the greatest things we can do with marketing our business is just like what I was telling my kids this past week. They're looking for a house. They're about to move to North Carolina. And they're looking for a house. And I told them, I said, you know what I learned as a real estate agent? I learned this as a listing and as a buyer's agent. I learned that the greatest marketing plan was praying and asking God and trusting Him and hearing Him. And then when I said that to them, I got to thinking, Cindy, isn't the most most effective market research or marketing or production or whatever it is you're doing in the whole process of everything, isn't the most productive going to be when you hear God, when you learn from Him, when you do what he says to do, when you say what he says to say, when you just dare to love on people, like he, he when he brings them across your path, isn't that the greatest? He took me back to what I always knew. And I believe somebody here today needs to hear this because I feel like so many of us, and I'm saying us on this one, okay? We have been making the plans. We've been going through all of the ideas. We've been doing a great job doing the work. But what if this is grace? What if this is being an instrument that God can just use us? I was just in an interview this morning for a magazine. One of their reporters asked if I would share. And man, I felt like we had church. It was one of my favorite interviews I've ever given. It was really awesome. But anyway, as we were talking in the interview... She asked me some of the backstory on my writing and on my business and, and on building a business and, and things. And so as we were talking, one of the things that popped out to me in our conversation, I said, you know, it was how I fell into this in the early years. Sometimes I think we get away from that and we get away from the easy. And I think it's a mistake. Isn't that big to say? Well let me explain. I remember the beginning of me writing was like this. First of all, it started in high school. I hated writing. <laughs> Does that make you shocked? She's written 155 books and she's, she has written thousands of articles and how many workshops, thousands and thousands of workshops. She's recorded thousands of podcasts. She's been guest on TV and radio with all of the things that's on her heart. And she hated writing. Yeah. I hate doing video too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not alone, my friends. Okay. And junior high, remember my teacher made me the editor of the school paper and I absolutely hated it because the teacher was so hard on me and then here I was having to do editing and that meant that my editing was going to be edited by the same teacher that was so hard on me I just really didn't find joy in it and then all the way the rest of the years in high school man I just didn't like it we would get like in the places where we got to make choices, it was choices given to us from an overall choice, a list of options. And we, you know, it wasn't like I just got to write on something I love. Today I do. Today I do. But there are times it's still hard. It, do you need to know that? Because it is. There's times I sit at the computer and my mind's a million miles away yeah somebody needed to hear that i i'm telling you i get where we get but you know something when i look back at the story of how i actually became a writer it was way different actually it began because of Mama, I, amelie amelie rushton man she was some woman she was my titus 2 mentor she practiced every bit of it teaching me to love my husband teaching me to love my children who else could teach me better than their own grandmother or great-grandmother you know what i mean i i mean that was god knowing i needed some good help you know what i mean but anyway i loved I mean, I learned. I loved learning. Uh, beside her, she was so amazing. She taught me even more how to cook. She taught me secrets to sewing. We went to classes for serger sewing, and 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 she was a professional seamstress. So I got to learn a lot of amazing tricks from her. And so anyway, one of the things that I had wanted, and I learned to do when my daughter was little, I wanted if I had a daughter, I wanted to be able to smock dresses for her. So I got into a smocking guild and I I learned how to smock. And while I was in the smocking guild, everybody had different jobs and positions and stuff like that. And they asked me if I could be the one in charge of the newsletter. They said, all you really have to do You could even send the postcard if you wanted, or if you wanted to do some little tips or things that you find along the way, you could share those things. And it was kind of cool because we actually had several designers of patterns that they were in our guild. So sometimes they would have a new book come out or they would have new patterns come out. And, uh, you know, they were like, you could put some of that out whenever that happens and so on and so forth. And I said, okay, I, I would love to do that. That would be fun. Well, as I got started, one of the things I started doing was sharing some of the tips and tidbits that Mamaw would teach me along the way. She was so brilliant. It was, it was like the things that she came across because of her years and years and years of sewing were wonderful ideas to help people to make sewing easy. So I started sharing them and I thought, well, since most of my tips are tips for Mamaw, I'll give her a copy of them and, and she can, she can enjoy seeing her ideas in print. Well, one day after, this is months later, she said, you know, Cindy, I would really like for you to consider going over to the newspaper and giving them these articles. She said, I keep passing these newsletters around to all my friends. They love reading it. But if you could just put it in the newspaper, everybody could read it and I wouldn't have to pass it around. And let me just say this no one argued with Mama. If she told you to go and take your things to the newspaper, you wouldn't have any other ideas in your mind, but like, who do I talk to? Because she was kind of like that. And so she told me to take my things to the paper and take them to the editor of the paper, Jimmy Pippen. And so I did. You guys. If I were to be told, go take your things to the paper today, even though I've written all these things, I don't know if I'd ever get around to it. You know what I mean? This is not a natural thing for me. But I took my little articles over there, and Jimmy said, I love it. He said, Let me give it a try. Let's see how everybody likes it. One day I was taking another batch of articles over because I had become a columnist by that point. And I came in and I saw Jimmy, and he said, Oh, I'm glad you're here. He said, you know your column has become one of the most popular columns in the paper. He told me that I was his mom's favorite writer. Well, I'm sure that helped everything. That was awesome. But he said, "Okay, what do you what else do you know about? Maybe we need some more columns out of you, some more writing out of you." And I told him I said, "Well, at the time I said, all I do is I homeschool. I have birds and I sew." I said, those are the things I absolutely love. And he said, homeschooling. He said, write a series on homeschooling. And I said, uh, no, no, I don't want to ever write on homeschooling. And he said, why? I said, well, for example, the federal judge sits on the same pew with me at church and his family's just started homeschooling and I don't think he would understand and the Senator who was the head of the education committee, he sits on the row right behind me. I know that they would never understand because they wouldn't, they would never believe I'm not against public schools, I just love homeschooling. And he said, Make them understand. And he said, This is not a request as an option, he said, This is an assignment. He said, I want a series on homeschooling, answer the questions that are most commonly asked. So, <laughs> I went home that day going, uh-oh, here I was having to write something I didn't want to write. Like, it was like a flashback to high school and junior high and even elementary, you know what I'm saying? And so, what did I do? I got home and I started writing and I decided to have each article deal with some of the most common questions of homeschooling. I took the, big, the first big batch over there to him and he was delighted. He actually ran them immediately in the paper. And guess what? I immediately got my first rebuttal. Yes. Uh, I was devastated. What was this about being one of the favorite writers and everybody loving what I wrote? Now you made me write on homeschooling and I told you they wouldn't understand. And guess who wrote it? It was my Sunday school teacher that wrote the rebuttal. And it was not kind. It was very, very personal and very anti-homeschooling. And the the paper and the editor he loved it guess what also happened not only did he love it but a magazine picked it up they loved it and they asked me if they could run the whole series in a magazine which I had all the rights to be able to run it wherever because I was a syndicated columnist and so here's what happens the magazine starts running me and then other magazines start picking me up and then all of a sudden I'm a writer and thinking I'm not a writer you know what I mean I was just trying to give tips and tidbits and now I was in over my head. Well, it got even bigger. I remember when that first magazine article came out, and I remember taking it to Mama and giving her a copy and saying this happened because you inspired me. And she said, "Cindy," she said, "you need you need to write a book." And I said, "Mama, I am not a writer." And she said, "No, Cindy." She said, "All you have to do is collect 10 14 maybe 20 of these these articles and put them together into a book and she said that would be an awesome book it'd probably be a bestseller of course my mom believed in me and you know what again I did what my mom said and I started writing my first books and you know what as I released those and of course I was writing in these magazines I started getting booked and and scheduled all around the country to go and speak for con- conventions, churches, retreats, so on and so forth. It's like I kind of fell in backwards, you guys. How did I know what I was going to write about? Well, I had felt the pain. In fact, one of that you remember I was mentioning a minute ago about the homeschooling article that I got the rebuttal. Guess what it was about? It was about the topic of socialization. And I said The title of it was Socialization Do What? Because my view was that, you know, I remember being in school where kids couldn't talk. You got in trouble for talking. And things were so different in the schools now and even more so now, 30 years later. It wasn't really so easy to make friendships and get to know your friends. I had to do things outside of the classroom to get to really make friends for life. And to really get to know people because I kept getting in trouble anytime I talked in school. And I said, you know, here's the thing about homeschooling with my kids. I was scheduling every Friday for them to have friends that they could go and learn alongside of and that we could go on field trips together with. We were connected with other children that they really were making lifetime friends with those children. And when, when I was even considering or not considering homeschooling, my objection to homeschooling was socialization. I had been a cheerleader in high school. I had, been, I had been active in all kinds of things. I'd had many opportunities in school. And I knew it was important for children to be around other children. But then again, I had that nagging thing in the back of my head that said, you know, I did get in trouble always for talking too much. And literally, I stayed grounded from first grade all the way through 12th grade because I, t- I would get talks too much on my report card every single time. I, th- I made A's, but talked too much. And I was thinking, that isn't socialization, being able to talk and get to know people and learn and, and make friends. But yet, that was a thing that got me in trouble all the time. So anyway, long story short, I, I wrote about a problem that I had experienced and that became that article, the solution to it, which was, in my opinion, homeschooling, where we could develop relationships, where we could put our children in contact with other children. But not just that, they also got in contact with their great grandparents, their grandparents, their own parents and one another. We developed relationships with people who were out in the community and we were able to do ministry together. It was like a whole big picture of really of what God's plan for relationships was. So in other words, that one article was the outgrowth of me seeing a problem and me experiencing it myself and me finding a solution that would make things better for my children and then ultimately for whoever read that article. You guys, I had experienced the problem, and I also had experienced God's solution for the problem. And you know what? That one thing became my greatest strength for being able to write about the things that God was teaching me all along the way. So in other words, one of the next things that I started writing on that was actually about homeschooling, people were asking me questions about language arts, how I was doing language arts. So then what I did is I just shared with them the steps that we had just gone through to encourage my very reluctant writers. And you know what? It helped people. And here's the way I noticed this. Just like I was saying earlier, I would experience the struggle and God would come in and give me help and ideas and and direction that would make me strong and would make that a strength in my life. Or I went through the different places of not knowing to being able to learn and then be able to actually teach other people. I went through the times of pain and later that began to be the very thing that was my pulpit and my prosperity. Today, I ask you if you're struggling, if your business is struggling, your ministry is struggling. Is there something that along the way you laid it down and you know, it was probably the thing that's already come to your mind several times while I've been sharing. It's that thing that you know you've walked through the fire. You've actually been in the fire. (laughs) And you know God delivers. You know how precious that he's the answer that other people are looking for. Well, can I ask you a question? I'm going to get in your business. What if you don't write that right now? What if other people are struggling with that while you're sitting here struggling with filling blank about your topic? Maybe that just might be your topic today. Maybe it might be the next. Maybe it is hard. I'm telling you, finding me, lessons for the lost person. Do you think that's an easy topic? I can tell you that is a very, it might be easy for anybody else but Cindy, but I'm telling you, it goes really deep in me. It's it's very vulnerable, the things I'm going to be sharing in that. But it's very life-changing because if you can ever see the value of you, if you can ever find Who God says you are and what he wants to do in and through you. If you can ever find that, you find your purpose. You find your meaning. You find life's meaning. And yet, you know what? It's going to take me being very, very, very vulnerable. It's going to take me going back and sharing some things that are very hard to share. Like, for example, that day that I thought that I needed to end my life. Ouch. Now, that's not been recent. You guys, eight years ago, let's just go ahead and clear that up. But what took me to that rock? What took me to that place where I didn't think I had any value and the world didn't need me? Serious. Anybody who knew me at the time was like, what? It was because Satan was telling me who he said I was. He was telling me what I couldn't have and what I couldn't do or or making me afraid I couldn't do the things that God was saying I could do or that I could that making me afraid that God maybe he didn't mean that I could have those things you guys I have to be very vulnerable writing that book maybe yours is similar I get it but today can I ask you maybe To take that precious little idea out. Dust it off. And what if you just wrote for the person that's struggling? What if you just encouraged their hearts today? What if you just empowered them to get through? You did, didn't you? How? How? What was God speaking to you in that? If you're not all the way healed in that area, hey, today's a perfect day to go there. Just sit in the presence of God and ask Him to be your teacher. He says He, this is your inheritance. That all, all of our children, and by the way, you would, you would qualify as my spiritual children. How about that? My heritage is that all my children will be taught of the Lord. Yeah. Those from my womb and those from my heart. And you're from my heart, my friend. He's going to teach you. He's going to move in you. He's going to empower you. He's going to equip you with exactly what you need to be able to share it. But will you dare to hear him and believe that, yeah, you can share that? Yes, you can share it. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you and I thank you. I just... Thank you for moving today. I believe that you are moving in our midst. And God, I thank you that you've got those sweet little things that you've put in our hearts, the sweet lessons we've learned from you, those sacred lessons. Some of those are very vulnerable and it's scary. We don't know if people are going to judge us or if they're going to think less of us. Even me saying, Lord, that... It all began with me sitting on that rock contemplating suicide. That made me feel like, oops, what if I tell somebody that and they judge me and they say, ooh, I don't want to ever hear anything from her again. They don't stick by to hear the whole rest of that story of how I found me, how I was found by you. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Today, no matter what is attacking them, I pray right now that you will silence every voice that's not yours. And today I pray that they will tune in and listen to what you have to say to them today. I pray that if they've been blank, that today they are, t- they are literally feeling their heart pounding with excitement to go for it. Oh, Lord, I I sense that there are those who are afraid, and Lord, I ask you to comfort them. I ask you to just give them a confidence that they can share what you have put on their hearts. And Lord, I also sense that there are those that feel like that they're unworthy. And today, I hear you saying that they are so priceless. They're more valuable to you than rubies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because Proverbs 31 says that, that the bride, the wife, the mighty woman, the mighty, the virtuous woman, and that would be equal as an acrostic that could that could be used to describe us as in relationship with you, Lord, that that we are worth far more than rubies. God, I just pray that today the person who is struggling in that area will hear you for what you have to say about them, Lord. They are so valuable. You don't want heaven without them, Lord. You you have paid the ransom for all their sin and death so that they could be your son's bride. They could be your child. They could come into your family. And so, God, I just pray right now that we just grasp a hold of all that you say we are that we get in agreement with it, Lord. And if there's something we don't believe, that Lord, we'll just, will sit in your presence until we can see things from your perspective. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to, to move aside all the things that are clamoring for our attention, Lord, just so that we can have this time with you and that you can teach us, you can move in us. Lord, I praise you that you are so faithful. So God, just teach us, move in us, go with us. Lord, I believe that out of this podcast, there's going to be some messages birthed that are your dreams and your plans and your destiny for us. And God, we just honor you with them. And Lord, we give them to you as an honor and a sacrifice of of worship before you. Thank you, God. You're such a good, good Father. I just thank you so much for being with us and never leaving us, never forsaking us, always being with us through every step of the journey. And God, I praise you that right now, it may be scary for those next steps, for some of those listening and even for me. But Lord, I hear you saying that you're with us. And that you're going to give us the words we're to say. You're going to be with us when it's hard to to do the work. You're going to be with us when it's hard for us to write those words. Maybe we even go back and we feel those feelings, God. You're going to be with us. We don't go through it by ourselves. And we do know the outcome. We do know the end of the story. God. I just ask you to help us to do the hard thing today. And I know that as we think it's hard, when we start doing it, it's not going to be hard. You say in your word again, that this is easy. And Lord, I just pray over our listeners that if they are weary, carrying a heavy burden, that they will come to you, that they, that we know that you will refresh their life that you will be their oasis. We, we know that you just want for us to simply join our life with yours. And learn your ways. Because then we will discover that you're gentle. You're humble. You're easy to please. You, and we will find refreshment and rest in you. Yes. For all that you require of us. Everything you ask us to do. Including this. Oh yeah will be pleasant and easy to bear. God, I just thank you for that. And your word is true. We believe your word and we stand on it. I thank you for us in Jesus' beautiful name we pray. Amen. Well, you guys, I hope you have an amazing week. I want to invite you to hop over to the website. Check out the show notes for this show. It'll link to some of the things that I referred to in here. And it will also, of course, take you to the page where you can listen to all the other shows. And of course, I invite you to leave me some feedback today. If you're listening on your podcast app, why not leave me some feedback right there? Or if you're listening on YouTube, leave me a comment. I want to hear your takeaways. I want to hear what God is teaching you, what he's doing in you. If you have a prayer request, man, contact me. You can go to the website, thecindyrushtonshow.com, and you can find all the information to be in touch with me and for me to be in touch with you. So connect, check out the show notes, check out the site, It's there for you. And of course, I do invite you to connect with me on all your social media places. Find me there, Cindy Rushton. Well, you guys, I'm hoping that you have an amazing week. And of course, I look forward to seeing you again next week right here for The Cindy Rushton Show. Thanks, and you guys have a great week. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for The Cindy Rushton Show. We will be back next week for another awesome show. If you can't wait until then, check out other great episodes and our show notes online at our website, cindyrushton.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our show at any of your favorite podcast services so you don't miss even one episode.